And we've been in this series on commitment. Everybody say commitment. And those three chairs behind us, the first chair is the chair of commitment. I said a person that sits in that chair is a person that loves God. They're all in. They're committed to God. They're committed to their family. They're committed to their church. Amen. I know it's, it's, uh, no, everybody's afraid of commitment today. That's why Planet Fitness has to say, zero money down and no commitment. <laughs> why do they say that? Because they know if they say, it's going to be a hard commitment for you if you want to lose weight and get in shape. And how many know nobody's going to show up then? Yeah, that's exactly why I'm preaching against that. It's a cross-cultural message, commitment, but it's all through the Word of God. So in the first chair, committed to God, committed to your family, committed to your church, committed to reaching your dreams. Joshua, I quoted it before, at the end of his life said, As for me and my house, Joshua 24, 15, we will serve the Lord. The second chair, the one in the middle, if you have, I'm just recapping quick if you haven't been here with us, um, because some people aren't committed to every Sunday. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, you'll get that later. Um, the, the second chair is a chair of compromise. Don't make me start laughing. We'll have a problem if we start laughing. Um, compromise. How I many know some people compromise in their faith? I don't know what it is about commitment, but they'll start out in that first chair of commitment. And then after a while, they start moving into a lukewarm position. You know, anybody like that? They let the fire of God dwindle out. You know, if you, the proverb says, if you want the fire to go out, just don't put any wood on it. You know, what, what's the wood that puts the, the fire of God, keeps the fire of God burning? Brother Jeff embraced me on the, on the uh, greet, uh, greeting the offering and he said, man, I'm on fire, Pastor. Can you say praise God? I said, I know you are. I could see it in your eyes. He was in our membership class yesterday with his lovely wife, who's actually originally from the uh, land of Hungary. Isn't that cool? All the way from Hungary, right here to Peckville, PA. She came further than some of you here live in Carbondale. All right. But the way we keep the fire of God burning is by the word of God. Everybody look this way. The word of God in our life daily being committed to it. And then committed to a prayer life, committed to a lifestyle of worship, amen? And, uh, and being committed to the house of God. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. I'm not going to be long today, but Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. I hope to see you up at Thrive tonight. You're going to love it. How many of you have already been at Thrive so far? Wow, look at all the hands. Let's give them a big hand. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. Come up, check it out, 6.30. Brother Ed and Sister Karen they had a nice group of gospel warriors there last night, Christian Motorcycle uh, Association, men and women alike flying their colors. You all understand, Ed's the, the uh, president over six chapters of uh, CMA. You understand that? Can you say praise God? Amen. Ed, stand up just a second. I want, I want them to see. See this vest? See what he's wearing? Riding for Christian motorcycles. Riding, riding for the sun. And they do a great run called Run for the Sun. I've been on it. It's in May of every year, right? Karen? First Saturday. First Saturday of May. So if you're a biker, like handsome Rick back here, and, um, and other people that have bikes, right? They're welcome to... Anybody's welcome. Yeah. And they, let me tell you, he, they're doing the work of probably more pastors than I know all over uh, this state of ours, Pennsylvania, and with six different chapters, which represents thousands of, of motorcycle people that love Jesus. But last Sunday, not only did he work here in security and all that, but actually came up to Thrive and been coming to Thrive on Sunday nights in Honesdale at 630 
and had rows of men and women that were wearing these same vests representing Jesus. Can you say praise God? Amen. I love you. I love you so much. Bless you, Karen. God bless you. Behind every good man is a great lady. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 and 21. 20, 21. Chapter 3 and verse 20. The Bible says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Verse 21. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. How many of you received that verse? Think about that for this year. That's our theme verse. Ephesians 20, 21. Some of you picked that up. Hannah, you and I are on the same page. The rest of them, we've got to pray for them. They come alive. Come on, wake up. Do you have your, y'all have your coffee here this morning? All right, we'll find out. Ephesians 20. 21. We're in the year 2021. When you become 21, you become an adult. You put away childish things and you're officially an adult. So it's time for us to grow up in the things of God. Now, if you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And let's look later in the chapter. We're going to go to 53. Everybody doing okay out there? Amen. Somebody like, Pastor, you didn't start with a joke. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I noticed my wife is not here. I said last night, she babysits on Saturday nights. Sometimes I help her with uh, Kyle and Alyssa's two boys, Clayton, who's going to be three next month. And uh, it's hard to believe he's going to be three years old already. And yeah, and, and little baby Carson, he's got beautiful, they all have blonde hair. And uh, like their mom and dad, and, and uh, Becky and I go there and... Uh, <laughs> Last night I said, you wait and hear what I'm going to say about your mom tomorrow. And she said, you better not. If you do, I'll leave. How many know she's not even here? <laughs> I'm wondering if she got raptured or something. <laughs> Praise God. John chapter 6 and verse 53. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. I'm going in a little deeper today. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna, but, they, but you will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum, or as they would say in the Holy Lands, Capernaum, like Nahum the prophet. Don't have time to get into that now, but then verse 60, the Bible tells us at that point many of the disciples departed Jesus when he, after he was about to say something. So can you imagine if I was preaching here this morning, all of a sudden I made some statement and the whole church just like evacuated except for maybe like 12 people, you know. This is literally what happened in this text. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Everybody go like this. Let's click it or tick it. Let's fasten the seatbelts, okay? Verse 60, many of his disciples said, Lord, this is hard to understand. How can, <laughs> how can anyone accept it? So in other words, it's like, Jesus, um, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Like, 
Man, Lord, the other sermons were great, but this one, God, jeez, God, everybody left. And this cannibalism stuff, I just can't. Lord, we love you. You know, we love your sermons. But this one here was just like, oh, man, I just think, God, we don't understand. This is a hard thing, some translations say. Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. Oh, that's a sermon right there. (laughs) God hates complaining. That's Proverbs 17. Side note. So he said to them, does this offend you? Verse 62, then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Isn't that good? And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. And the Bible says, if you have a really good Bible on the side margin there or in parentheses, it says, for Jesus knew from the very beginning which ones didn't believe. And he knew who would betray him. Isn't this interesting? Jesus chose 12 disciples knowing, knowing that one of them was going to be the devil and split hell wide. Isn't that interesting? Can I just say, if I was Jesus, I would have just chose 11 disciples. Okay? I'm just being honest with you. I want to say, you know, it's like, I know you're going to try to turn me over. I know you're going to stab me in the back. I know you're going to betray me. But come on up in here. You can roll with me too. Mm Mm-mm, not me, Jesus. That's why you're not Jesus, and I'm not Jesus. There's only one Jesus, and that's why we need more of Jesus in us. Can you say amen? Then he said, that's why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. Some translations say no no one can come to the Father except the Spirit of God draw him. Amen? That's why we pray for the lost church. If you're a member here, the bar gets raised higher, and one of the responsibilities of a member is to pray for the lost daily. And invite them to church, right? So at this point, look at this, verse 66. John 6, 66. You ever see it like that before? John 6, 66. It's a long chapter in the Bible. Listen to what he says. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. They all left the church. Another version says they followed him no more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the moments we have left this morning, I pray, God, that you would move by the power of the Holy Ghost. Help us, God, to move into that chair of commitment, Lord. Help us to stay committed to you, God, no matter what the world is doing. As the world spins out of control, help us, God, to have our feet planted like a rock. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. I want to ask you a funny question now. You ready? Is your mother here? Oh, hon, we were just talking about you. I want to sing, you are so beautiful. But I want, I'll save that for later, amen? How many know I'm a hopeless romantic? I can't help it. I just can't help it. And so... Have you ever been jealous of anyone in your life? Come on. I know it's jealousy is hard. I know we don't want to talk to them. You don't want the truth. You know, how many know jealousy is hard to, it's kind of like, I like to consider it like a bad breath type sin. It's right up there with pride. Usually everybody knows it and you're the last to find out. Are you still with me? So if you're jealous, 
when people are jealous of someone, they'll never admit they're jealous of somebody, right? So like if I posted something on social media and said, man, I can't understand why I got all these haters. Like no one is dare going to come up to me and say, hey, pastor, you know, last week when you said you don't like these haters, I'm one of them. I just want you to know I'm one of your haters. <laughs> See what I mean? Nobody knows that. Nobody will open and openly admit that they're that way to the person. So, but, you know, how many know confession's good for the soul? Amen? Can you say amen? Come on, do something. Don't sit there like a bunch of mannequins this morning. Uh, you know, and so I want to say, I'm, I have sometimes, I have some jealousy problem uh, of the most beautiful lady in the world, and that's the first lady of this house. Now, don't get it all twisted. I love her. Her win is my win. Her success is my success. But there's two areas I'm jealous of her. Is this okay? Can we just have a little fun here? Work with me, will you? Come on, let me know you're alive. You're breathing, amen. You got to pulse something, okay? All right, there you are, there you are. Okay, there you're out there. Praise God. I am so jealous of her metabolism. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, she can eat Doritos. She can eat burritos. She can eat Fritos. And her, it seems like her abs just get more defined all the time. I mean, you know, seriously. And the other night, hypothetically now, she was eating chips, sitting there eating potato chips. And how many know if you have Lay's, you can't just eat one? And I noticed that she, you know, take a picture, and then these pictures get posted, and they get posted, and then listen to this. She said, I have a collaboration, I don't know if you knew this, with Frito-Lay. Did you know, listen to this, did you know that people get paid, not just athletes and super, do you know they get paid for posting? Oh, yeah. There's big money there, folks. People get paid. Like somebody says, I love flat tummy teeth. They don't like flat tummy teeth. They just got a flat tummy. So I said to my wife, how do you get paid for this? She goes, they, how did she say, well, Frito-Lay emailed me. I said, well, you know what? They never emailed me. <laughs> I, mean, I just keep looking, Brother Chris. I'm looking for that email. I'm searching. I, said, I never got an email like this. And so then I'm thinking to myself, I get jealous of this gal. And I get jealous of her social media. And I said, wait a minute, you don't have as many followers as I do, and you're getting paid like she'll eat. You know what a crunch, you know, crunches are, you know, crunch, you know, you do a crunch, crunch, you try to get those out. She just eats potato chips like crunch, and it goes right here, crunch, crunch, crunch. Me, it's not fair. I get up at 5 a.m., I'm eating salmon, I'm eating vegetables, I'm drinking nothing but water. I mean, if I even look at a thing of ice cream, it just sticks to me. Is anybody home this morning? I'm sure y'all are way ahead of me in this area, but I'm telling you, my wife is just, she's got that metabolism thing going. And, and then I'm looking, I'm like, wait a minute, on her social media, she doesn't have as many followers, but she's getting paid to post. I don't understand this. And then she clarified that she said, well, here's the deal. These big companies like Frito-Lay, they're not as concerned how many followers that you have, but what they really want to know is how many are actually engaged with you. Which brings me to the point of this sermon this morning. See, God is a lot like these big companies. He doesn't really care how many followers you have. He wants to know who's actually with you. Because I'd, I'd rather have a handful of people who are really with me than thousands of people that are just following. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands and say, Amen.
So what does commitment look like? That's what I want to talk to you in, in the moments we have left today. What does it look like? I think God could do exceedingly abundantly great things if he knew we were really committed to him. Amen? God knows who he can trust. He really he knows who he can trust. And he could do greater things if we would be, have a greater level of that first chair of commitment. Can you say amen? If we could be committed. So I just want to give you three areas that I believe of what commitment looks like if you're taking notes. I love to take notes because it helps me remember. So number one, a committed believer is not just a follower. Is, is not just a follower, but a truly committed follower of Christ. Truly committed. So a real believer is not in name only. You know in America, I don't know what it is now, but a couple years ago they used to say it was 84% of Americans are Christian. Folks, you know that's not true. That, that would tell me if 84% of people were Christians, that'd be like I can go out here at the red light on a Friday night and stop the car and, and put my head in the window and there could be a, a guy with another man's wife with a bottle of Jack Daniels on the passenger floor going to the hotel to commit an unthinkable act of fornication and adultery. And I could say to them, hey, what, what religion are y'all? And they'd say, we're Christian. See, that's nominal Christian. And unfortunately, that's the hard truth about it. That more people say that there's something, but they're not really living it out. And it's hard to tell because even on, the, even on social media, we have these things called bots. How many know what bots are? It's just a short name for robots. Do you ever get a message from a bot? Do you ever get a message? I get one on message. I literally had one yesterday. I'm not making this up. And it was like, hey, how you doing, Terry? And I said, hey, how you doing, Jim? And he said, oh, I'm doing great. I said, well, it's long, I haven't seen you in a while. So immediately I'm thinking, this is not a real... You ever got a message like that? Anybody ever? Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah, check your, check your gram. You'll find out there's like, if you have 100 followers, probably 40 of them are what they call bots. It's a short name for robots. And they're messing up social media big time. Because, see, you put a post on there like, I'm enjoying my vacation in Venice. And then somebody, here's how you know it's a bot. They'll put a, a comment underneath that says, I just invested 5000 in Bitcoin. <laughs> what does that have to do with your vacation in Venice? That would be a bot. In other words, a bot is someone that's imposing as a person, but they're not really a person. Do you know there are people that impose to be Christian? They're not really Christians. Can you say amen? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Do you hear the voice of God? Man, oh man, it's a commitment thing. You know, in other words, he knows the real from the fake. He knows the committed from the crowd. And we see, probably, unlike any other place in the Scripture where Jesus challenges, He was always challenging the people to be committed. Can you say amen? You know, He was always in that. Like, in other words, even the, challenge, the tension of the text is there. So He would be walking down the road and encounter someone and say, a guy would say, Jesus, I really want to follow you, follow you, but I've got to go bury my dead uh, family member. He'd say, let the dead bury the dead. He said, if you, want to, if you say you love me, you, um, anyone that says they love me, they must hate their own mother and father. Whew, we want to just delete that one out of there, don't we? You're just like, oh, man, I don't know what that means. I don't want to know about that. What is he saying there? He's saying, are you, you're either in or you're out. <laughs> 
You can't have both. And if you sit on the fence, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, some of you are getting that now. So true believers or bots. Everybody say bots. Yeah, bots, robots. It's a short name. That's what the, the vernacular is of the day. And you know, in 2020, and I want to say this to somebody here today, 2020 was probably God's greatest gift to the church because it actually separated the men from the boys. A lot of people looked at it like, God, why would you allow all this in our world? God did not create it. But how many know God will allow things to see who really belongs to him? Amen? The Bible says he separates the wheat from the tares, right? The sheep from the goats. So bots, we, I, I want to just give you this little thing. This helped me this week. B-O-T-S, bots. You know what it stands for? They're believers on the surface. They're surface believers. In other words, you can't tell a bot from a, per, a person who's really a follower of Jesus because they might come to church. They might have their hands raised. They might be singing the same songs together. But here's how you tell when trouble strikes their family. I've often said when, some, when trouble strikes, people run one of two directions. They either run from God and His house or to God and His house. Can you say amen? amen? My sheep know my voice. I know who it is that belong to me. And so he, he's over here in John and he's preaching this message. Believers, I want to say, are like icebergs because you only see about 10%. But the other 90% is the foundation. They're indestructible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So committed believer, I want to say this today, number two, will flourish no matter who holds political office. That's not a political statement. Don't get mad at me. If you do, we'll read about you in a little bit in John chapter 6. <laughs> sorry, I, could, I, I just couldn't resist. I couldn't resist that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does this offend you? That's what he said. <laughs> no matter who holds political office, Jesus is still king. Go to Psalm chapter 1 if you have it. If not, we'll put it up on the screen. I don't know if I gave you that scripture back there. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1 and 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm trying to show you that a committed believer will flourish no matter who is in office. Blessed is the man or the person who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. No, doesn't walk there, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law, he meditates day and night. Amen. Talked about Joshua last week. He, this, the Bible said meditate. God said to him, meditate on the word of God day and night. Let the word of God not depart from your mouth or your spirit. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Can you say praise God? No matter who is president, no matter who's in office, no matter who, it's over. Election is over. Now we need to move back to our faith and realize that Washington, D.C. was never designed to save us. Jesus, the last I checked, is the Savior of the world, not the President of the United States. And that's not a political statement. I don't care what party you're from. It's over. Our job now is to pray for the president. 
Again, bots or true believers. You know, people are like hot, they're like tea bags, you know. When you get in hot water, you don't know what's inside until you get in, stuck in some hot water. Amen? And so, that's what the Bible says. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. That Watch this. That brings forth its fruit in season. Amen? Whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall pl- prosper. Notice it doesn't say that if your uh, candidate didn't get elected, you won't prosper. Because we're not part of the systems of this world. This is earth. This is not heaven. We're just passing through here, loved ones. I'm here to encourage you today. The Word always encourages us and corrects us. It straightens it out. It's all Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 is good. It's profitable for correction, for instruction, for reproof. Amen? It's the Word that straightens out our crookedness. And the Bible says that we'll prosper in every season, in all seasons. Well, I don't like the way this is happening. You know, most people today that I meet, they're like experts on current events. They can tell you the latest news feed, but they can't tell you the 12 disciples. And some people, not you guys, you guys are way more spiritual than most people I know. But some people that don't sit in that first chair of commitment, they know all the current events. Oh my gosh, did you see what they're doing now? Oh, I can't believe it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freak out. You know, and they, or they'll call me. Every once in a while, they'll make a mistake and call me with something really stupid. And I'm really a nice guy, Brother Jeff, but there's days. Did you ever have a day? Come on, is there any real people here? Did you ever have one of those days where your grace tank was just running a little bit low? And they want to call up and dump on me like a garbage truck. They want to back up, you know, beep, 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 hit that lever and dump on me like a landfill. And you know what I say to them? Let me ask you a question before you even start. How much did you, time did you spend with Jesus today? Amen. Let me ask you a second question. How much time did you spend reading your Bible today? Amen. Let me ask you a third question. How much time did you spend with your hands lifted towards the heavens where your help comes from? Before you called me on the phone. It's a commitment thing, folks. Can you say amen? amen? And he said, Lord, this is a hard word. Your other servants, Jesus, they were awesome, but this one, the whole crowd went away, Jesus. That's what they said to him. Am I preaching the gospel? The Bible says, verse 6, someone, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If you know Jesus, righteous, right standing with God, you're on the winning side. Can you say amen? No matter what happens. You know, and here's how you, you can't really tell a believer from a bot until they've been shaken by fire. Until they've gone through, you know, the meat grinder of life, so to speak. You go through hard times, man. Anybody can serve God when times are going good. Amen. It doesn't take any effort to serve God when everything, there's no problems. No problemo. It's everything is just beautiful. Lots of money in the bank. Everything's going well. I just got a raise. My family's getting along good. Every area of my life is great. I think I go to church and serve God and tell everybody, I'm a believer too. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Until fire strikes. Trouble comes in your world. You get, maybe you get served divorce papers. Maybe you hear the word terminal cancer spoken over your life. 
Maybe you're told that, you know, you're not first string anymore at your job. In fact, you've been demoted. You know, I heard John Hagee years ago preach a sermon. I love John Hagee. He's like, he's like a big old bulldog. <laughs> he's like a bulldog preacher. You know what a bulldog preacher's like? I used to have a bulldog. I miss her. I'm telling you the truth. She was like, you touch my master, I'll kill you. <laughs> John Hagee's kind of like that. I mean, no, John Hagee. You know, he's been around a long time, right? Brother Hagee. He preached a sermon one time. It was like this a similar theme on commitment, being faithful to God, come hell or high water, you know? Who is it that really belongs to God? He said, let me ask you a question. If they told you that you're no longer welcome in the choir, would you still come to church? It's deep. They said, listen, you're not going to be the youth pastor anymore. We got somebody different. Would you still attend there? It's a hard word, Jesus. It's a hard word. Who can understand this? But you can't really tell who a believer is until they've been involved with some fire. The righteous will always... Listen, do you realize Daniel flourished under King Nebuchadnezzar? He refused to eat the delicacies of the king's table. And they took them, they wanted to throw them in the fire. But how many know they came out on top? Because the fourth man in the fire was right there with them. Can you say praise God? Amen. So Jesus would periodically make statements to see who was committed to him. That's why he made these statements. And they were radical, Brother Gary. People didn't want to hear it. They wanted to hear the nice, pretty gospel, peace, tranquility, prosperity. Everything's always going to be okay. There's never going to be a storm in life. Anybody can serve Jesus under those terms. But when he turns to the crowd and says, hey, you want to really follow me? You see, to understand what that means about eat my you know, flesh and drink my blood, he's, it's not the physical, obviously. He's not going in like Dracula there, okay? Are you with me? Here's, here's how you understand the, the, te- the, the context of the text. If you back up a few chapters, he feeds the 5,000 men along with women and children. Come on, you know this story. I don't have a lot of time. I mean, know the story. In Israel, we've been to the place there, Mount Transfiguration. We've been to the places. There's churches built on every holy site where the miracles of Christ took place. And the miracle of the fishes and loaves. I can't think of the name of that church right now. Do you remember? It literally has, when you go in there, it has like a spot where they believe literally where Jesus was standing. And it has a little mosaic of a fish. You can, you can look it up later. Is it Transfiguration? Transfiguration. So I did have it right. So they build these like mega churches there from like thousands of years ago. And where Jesus, you know, fishes and loaves. Come on, you know the story. How many know he was teaching? It was getting about four o'clock in the afternoon. People were tired. And the disciples said, hey, Jesus, you know, people are tired. Uh, send them on home. Tell them to go get something to eat. And then, you know, like that. You know, isn't it funny that we try to tell God what to do? <laughs> Did you ever do that? Send them out, send the people on home, Jesus. Tell them, go get something to eat. You know, go, go fend for themselves, you know, and we're just going to hang out. I was 12. And he looks at me and goes, no, you feed them. They're like, is he serious? How are we going to feed them? We don't have anything to feed. So they get in like a little huddle. And he heard them complaining. And he said, do it with what you have. Well, he didn't have nothing. How many know they ain't got no food up in here? 
They've got nothing. So what do they do? They go and hijack some little kid's Long John Silver's fish and hutch puppies two-piece meal. Come on, how many know this is the God? This is what happened. Some little kid. Can you imagine this little kid had a bag? Give me that thing. All right, it's my lot. Hey, Jesus, this is all we got. And it's, it's interesting because there's so much truth. That's why you should always not just blow through the word, but let the word go through you. I don't care how many times that you've heard these scriptures over and over and over. If you're open to the things of the Holy Spirit and you're really praying and you're dialed into the spirit of God, you'll see revelations like an onion peel every single day of your life. Whew, it's powerful. This is an act of a live word that I'm preaching to you now. But you've got to receive it by faith. Otherwise, it's just going to go right over your head or bounce off you worse yet. This is just a little side point. I felt like God saying this earlier this week as I was preparing for this. When you take whatever you have and you give it to me, I can bless it and multiply it. Let me tell you something, folks. Don't look at your bank account. But look to the God who provides Jehovah Jireh. I would rather, I would rather have less with the blessing of the Lord on it than more without his blessing. Can you say Amen. And that's what he did. They took this little fishes and loaves. And it was so cool the way he did it. If you just look at it, he just goes, took it. It was no big, long prayer. You know how many know? They were starving, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I mean, they've been in a revival service all day. Listen to a master teacher. 20, they figure about 20, 25,000 people. And he says, Father, thank you for this. Amen. When I'm really hungry, can I just tell you? You can ask my wife. I'm not all that spiritual. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? We were somewhere. My gosh, we went to the, we had the, Brother Jimmy, we had the membership class yesterday, like 30 people. And, you know, it's awesome. You know, you're, you're giving out. You know, we had some issues with the books or whatever it was. It all worked out. I had to just kind of go like rogue. I had to go old school. You know, I said, I don't even need the book. I'll just preach from right here. Is that okay? And we just sat there and we're just kind of, you know, imparting some great things that God had done over the years here. But when we finally got our, made our way to the Viewmont Diner and had breakfast at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> I said, Jesus, thank you for these eggs. Amen. <laughs> you got any ketchup? You know, I mean, no, he didn't do that. It was a big, long, fancy religious prayer. Father, thank you for this. Boom. And watch this. It would have been so impressive if he just multiplied it. But when it, watch this, went into their hands and they started to give it out. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? If he would have just said, give me that fish and loaf. So this little boy went, just all multiplied right there. Okay, now go ahead and distribute it while I stand here. No, when he put it back in their hands, then as they started to feed the crowds. And let me tell you something, that miracle is in all four gospels. Why? Because food unites us. There's an old saying in church. My father used to say, son, food never fails. <laughs> you want to get a crowd? Just have free food. You don't believe me? Come here on Fridays. It's a perfect example. You'll get crowds of people will come for free food. And they were eating and they enjoyed themselves. Nothing wrong with that. I love a good meal. Some of us are going to have a nice meal after church today. I don't know what we're eating, honey. <laughs> Our good friend Jonathan Shuttlesworth sent us. We got this box. I don't know what is going on in our life this year with steak. Can I tell you the truth? I won't say his name because I know he'll get embarrassed. But we've had two different men of God 
this year sent us this big old box. Like, what did that come, UPS or something? Amazon, I don't know. Open it up, fancy, like right before New Year's or something, Christmas. A black box. And it had like gold embossed stamp on it. It said, San Francisco State Company. It was an insulated, and I'm not talking styrofoam, man. Folks, I'm thinking this was like, I'm like, woo, honey, I feel like we died and went to heaven. There are two old big ribeyes in there. I looked up those ribeyes. You know how much they cost? $249 a piece times two. $500 for a steak? And we enjoyed them. My God, Brother John, we deposit them right in the ministry. And you don't think I'm, God works in multiplication miracles. Take a look at me. And then last week, this past week, here comes another box, Jimmy, to our house with the Amazon with that little happy face on it. I'm like, what's that now? She goes, I don't know. I didn't order anything. And it says, it didn't say who it came from. It was like Pittsburgh or somewhere out that way. We open it up. Big old tomahawk ribeyes from some other. What's the name of that place? I can't even think of the name of it. I don't up on this stuff. Omaha. No, it wasn't Omaha. It was like, uh, God, no, that'd be like uh, 20, save 20 cents on ground round, you know. Uh, that was like uh, some, some fancy, you know, fancy company like that. I looked them up. They were $500 for those things. My wife and I just stood there in the kitchen and we just started laughing. Like, what is going on with thee? What is God? What are you trying to tell us? You know, my wife's like, stop being so super spiritual. Go out and fire up that grill. <laughs> yes, ma'am. But I'm trying to say that the crowd would come when Jesus fed them. They were all about the free food. Everybody likes a good meal. Let me tell you, I don't care if you're racist. You, you get hungry. Enough, say, oh, give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Give me some of that food. And Jesus had all these people, 25,000 people around him. And they're like, Lord, <laughs> they got done eating. We'll follow you, Jesus. <laughs> and he said, whoa, look at all these people. Wow. And we love you so much, Jesus. I bet you do. He said, listen, come on, lean in a little bit. I just want to tell you what it means to follow me. Whoo, how many know it was like he was about to lower the boom. Okay, Lord, we'll follow you. We'll be with you from here to... We die for you, Jesus. 25,000 people on the side of a hill. He says, you want to know what it means to follow me? You need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. What? Oh, my gosh, this guy's nuts. We're out of here. We're leaving. And they did. How many know I'm preaching the gospel right now? This is in your Bible, John chapter 6. Oh, that guy's nuts. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Are you kidding me? The whole crowd left. All the followers, they unfollowed him. <laughs> Have you ever been unfollowed before? I send a message to a person, and this person has unfollowed you. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm in good company. They've unfollowed Jesus too. I've decided to unfollow Jesus. I have decided to unfollow Jesus. I have decided. That's what they were saying. Unfollow Jesus. I don't like what he said. Don't like what he said. Now, if he ever has free food again, we'll come back. Because people love free stuff. 
Amen? Come on, I like free stuff too. I'm not I'm super spiritual, but like free food, it'll draw a crowd. It'll stop traffic. We give 50,000 pounds of free food away every Friday out here. It's wild. Tractor trailers coming across the parking lot. Why do you think we had to repave it? That plus like a bazillion cars here. And I'm not knocking that. That's a wonderful ministry. I thank God for the people involved and the volunteers. Can we give them a big hand? Let's just bless them. They're out there. Basil, you did it for years and Roseanne, years and years. And, you know, they're 10 years fed those massive crowds like the disciples. But when Jesus called the people to the hard chair of commitment, eat my flesh, drink my the Bible said, gone. And all that was left, I'm almost done, was the original 12 that he had spent three and a half years with. And this is what he said. What are you going to leave to? You're going to walk out now. Now's your chance. And loudmouth Peter. <laughs> oh, I love loudmouth Peter. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he was a loudmouth. How many understand? Say Peter was a loudmouth. Yeah. Peter says, Lord, listen, I'm almost done. Where else can we go? We left everything, Lord, to follow you. Listen, listen, listen. We've left everything to follow you. In other words, we're committed to you, Jesus. No matter what happens, we'll be with you. We have nowhere else to go. I think 2020 was a year that showed us those things. 2020 was a year where we said, Lord, we have nowhere else to turn. We've lost People, family members, we, we've seen terrible things hit our country, a, a collapse of the strongest economy in like forever here. Stock market, everything. Unemployment, skyrocket. Lord, we have nowhere else to go but to your house. Can I tell you why you should never lock the house of God down? Because there'll always be people that are going to be committed. And I commend this church today for being committed. I'm not, listen. I am not a perfect man. I make lots of mistakes. Last I checked, they still put erasers on pencils. But my heart is in the right place as your pastor. And we will get through this hellish time that hell has tried to attack this country with and attack this church with. Hear my heart today in closing. We'll get through this if we keep our eyes on Jesus and not the systems of this world. If you believe that, Give God some praise. <clears throat> Worship team, join me. I'm going to land this plane this morning. Jesus said, listen to the, look at the text. He said, once you eat of me and my word, you will never hunger again. See, he's speaking of spiritual things, right? Beyond the, the veil of the fleshly things, the unseen realm. He's saying, once you drink of me, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be full, right? They should be filled up. Last point today. 
committed believer will experience the supernatural. Again, when you take what you have and you place it into God's hands. C.S. Lewis said it the best. He said, listen to this. He said, aim for heaven and you'll get earth thrown in two. Aim for earth and you'll miss both. Isn't that good? Aim for, aim for heaven and you'll get both heaven and earth. You aim for just this, the things of this world and you'll miss heaven and earth. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.